Access On Air presents CX Plus U. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Task Us On Air. I'm Scott Peters, Director of Business Development at our healthcare vertical at Task Us. Welcome to Pulse Check, our ridiculously refreshing podcast of the world of healthcare and outsourcing. Today in episode one, I'm joined by Sean Stoner, Director of Client Services for Task Us. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Scott. Always a pleasure to be here and talk with you about healthcare. So, Sean, I guess to get started, so what's happening in healthcare? What are you and the clients talking about that our broader audience might want to know? As you well know, healthcare is constantly evolving. The impact of legislation, both new and old, continues to drive change and will continue to do so. And the pandemic changed patient behavior in ways that I think the healthcare plans, providers, and companies like ourselves are still coming to grips with. Yeah, I think as a good foundation for this conversation, we should probably just look at some of the regulatory and legislative impacts that we've seen in recent history. Well, I guess we could kind of start off with the Affordable Health Care Act. You know, it's been a few years, obviously, since that happened, but it was a very significant change probably the most meaningful ones since the introduction of Medicare and Medicaid. As soon as the ACA went through, all of a sudden you have a marketplace. And for most people, or for a lot of people at least, this was really the first time that they experienced that kind of a level of choice in their healthcare options. You know, still most Americans get their healthcare if they have health insurance through their employer. And they don't really have a lot of choices. They may be able to pick different plans, but they can't pick the brand. So for the first time, millions of Americans had those choices. And probably most consequentially, it added millions of new people, millions of new patients to the plan. And anytime you add that many new members to a population, you're going to have people learning how to live and operate in that environment. So now you have millions of patients who are still to this day trying to figure out how to navigate and how to get the most out of their healthcare options. Yeah, absolutely. And on the provider side, you have groups that are now trying to figure out how do we service this larger population and do it in a really efficient and good way, right? Absolutely. And I think it also shifted the focus in terms of what kind of care was being provided because ACA also drove plans and providers to put more of a focus on preventative care. So now providers are seeing patients more often and plans are seeing more claims per patient per year. So the environment has become more complex. The level of volume in terms of transactional volume has grown. And then there's the newer regulations. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of those newer regulations because there have been a couple. One that comes to mind is Medicare Negotiation and Competitive Licensing Act of 2021. And then, of course, this year we saw the Inflation Reduction Act just be passed. Yeah, absolutely. These are potentially, I think, game-changing pieces of legislation. If the Medicare Negotiation and Competitive Licensing Act goes through as it's currently constructed, it's going to change the way that Americans consume prescription medication. It's going to change the pricing for that, certainly. Um, Right now, as it stands, Medicare cannot negotiate with big pharma over drug prices. So basically, They just have to pay whatever they're charged. And that's unique. And I think the reason that that act has has garnered so much support, and the reason I do believe it eventually will be passed in some form or another, is that when we spend money as Americans, we're typically accustomed to being able to negotiate. The idea of take it or leave it, you know, this is my price and I won't budge, 
it doesn't really exist elsewhere. So what this act would do is give Medicare the ability to go ahead and negotiate drug prices. And I don't think you can understate or overstate the importance of that. If you think about like a Walmart, anything you want to buy at Walmart, you can buy very, very inexpensively. Why is that? Buying power. Right. You know, thousands and thousands of huge stores gives them enormous leverage over their suppliers to be able to bring in products and be able to sell them or provide them to consumers at a lower rate. Who could have more enormous impact on pricing than Medicare? Oh, yeah. As an example, and you discussed that previously with things like better drug prices, et cetera. But you couple that with, we'd be remiss if we did not bring this up, but the recent pandemic, arguably the worst health crisis in decades, uh, we've seen some fundamental shifts in how healthcare is delivered. You know, what types of changes have you seen and, and which do you believe are here to stay? Thankfully, COVID is entering kind of the, the endemic phase, but some of the change that it's brought, I think is really, really here to stay. One of the few good things about a pandemic like that or a health emergency like that is that it does speed up innovation. It does speed up the advancement of new approaches, whether that's fast track development of vaccines from a biotech standpoint, or how we engage with patients and how we engage with parts of different parts of the healthcare community. You know, the internet of medical things, telehealth, mobile health, artificial intelligence, even virtual reality, those things plus machine learning, they've all become progressively more relevant. And I think that they'll continue to be so in, in a couple of years. Two years ago, you didn't really hear about people yeah. visiting a doctor or having a doctor's visit over the phone or over video. Right. Two years from now, that could be in a virtual environment, metaverse kind of environment. The changes that we've seen, I think, are going to become more and more adopted. And there's new changes on the way, largely fueled by things like virtual reality or a place where we invest heavily, artificial intelligence. And the, the other aspect of it is that I think COVID revealed is that young or old, you know, healthy or infirmed, all kinds of patients are gravitating towards health tech or telehealth and, and digital engagement. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I have a son who's 30 years old. He's had a, a smartphone stapled to his hand for many years now. Right. So you'd expect that he and, you know, other millennials, people in younger generations would tend to want to engage in a digital environment, whether yeah. that's in-app, on the website, or via chat. That totally makes sense. But what we see is that young people still want to be able to, on certain issues, on certain components of their health care, talk with or even see That's right. a real live human being. Yeah. Some things you just you can't quite sort out and feel comfortable with decisioning on in that totally virtual environment. Conversely, older patients. Yeah. You would think that maybe they they don't want to engage in those ways. But I think what they found is that it makes a tremendous amount of sense for them. If I'm an older patient and maybe I have chronic illnesses or, or morbidities that I cope with, how much do I really want to go to a doctor's office? Right. I mean, yeah. what what's it full of? Yeah, sick people, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so I don't want to be around those folks. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, and, and you know, the, for folks who are maybe either through, you know, their age or their health or their financial conditions, getting to a doctor or taking time off of work to go visit a doctor and the travel the waiting involved in that, it just may not be feasible. So for them, telehealth opened up 
a whole new window, a whole new way to access and consume healthcare. And we think it's very exciting and it's something that we're promoting and that we're implementing really throughout our entire client community. Sure, absolutely. On one end of the spectrum for the younger population, it's a want it now economy and why not? Because the digital capabilities are there and so healthcare needs to hurry up and catch up. Now, on the flip side, the aging community, there's an opportunity here to administer healthcare in a much more appropriate manner that can truly help them and improve the level of care that they are receiving from their own homes uh, so they don't have to travel, so they don't have to expose themselves, et cetera, to, to potential other you know, viral components or other sick people, as you had mentioned. It is really interesting how those two worlds have a lot of similarity, right? And what this digital push is, is now offering to uh, support both sides of that coin. From that perspective, where are we seeing you know our clients uh, today? You know, what kinds of trends are we seeing them deal with, and and um, you know types of conversations that you're having? Certainly, the pandemic prompted a lot of different discussions regarding how healthcare is delivered, how best to engage patient populations, how best to navigate and shape workflows between plans and providers. There are a few trends though that really stick out, and I think have proved to be relevant to virtually all of our healthcare clients, whether they're in the device space, their providers, their plans, really regardless, they're all encountering a more empowered but distrustful consumer or patient population. Mm -hmm. As you alluded to, people want what they want now. And now, based on the pandemic and some of the experiences that people have seen or had or heard about with telehealth or in-home care, or digital engagement, they realize I can have it now. So they're expecting more sophisticated, more convenient, more affordable, more personalized, more transparent healthcare services. And we have proven to be very, very successful in helping our partners, our client community deliver those things. One of the newest and I think highest potential opportunities that we're seeing is the growing adoption of wearables. Yeah. You think about how rare it was to see cell phones 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Now you see children with them. <laughs> That's right. Everybody's adopted. And you start seeing wearables like Fitbits and things right. like that. Now those wearables are becoming more and more prevalent, and patients are becoming more accustomed to being monitored remotely and to be able to receive you know, care or guidance or be able to track treatment plans through those devices, even being able to get, you know, some treatments at home. That's right. Consumers are also, I think, demonstrating a little bit of a lack of trust in traditional healthcare systems. So they're more willing to entrust their health services to non-health sectors that offer the right technologies that will help facilitate them getting the care that they need. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that concept and that trend that we're seeing with the wearables because the, the use cases and the, and the potential are, is just phenomenal, right? The, the idea of at-home testing, you know, being able to take diagnostic data almost on a daily basis and have that sent back to your provider to monitor and going back to value-based care and preventative care, being able to not just schedule something in the future, but schedule something in real time when it is most appropriate to see your provider. Wearables has an incredible effect on how care is delivered and the value thereof for these patients. It absolutely does. Wearables and that data capture and being able to share it with providers allows providers to more readily identify and diagnose and treat 
illnesses or be able to maintain a treatment plan for previously diagnosed conditions. And that's one of the most early identification, early treatment, and adherence to a treatment plan. Those are some of the most powerful determining factors in somebody getting the best possible healthcare outcome. Just like what we're seeing in terms of the prescription medicine environment, where there's going to be more competition and pricing. You know, people are more aware of different ways of receiving their medicine. And the more accessible and the more affordable prescription medication is, increases the likelihood that people will actually be prescription adherent. Right. And if I adhere to my prescribed medicines and take them, you know, as prescribed, again, that's one of those things that leads to the best possible healthcare outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, given digital trends that we're seeing in the healthcare space today, coupled with the legislative acts and and the pandemic, et cetera, I mean, and now a growing consumer demand for digitally focused you know, ways to, to engage with their, their providers. You know, I think that kind of takes us to the next conversation, which is from a member and patient care or experience perspective, you know, what are some of the conversations we're having with our clients and where do you see our best practices starting to take hold? Yeah, there are several themes that I find myself talking with our, our clients and advising and consulting on over and over and over. And it doesn't matter whether it's a direct consumer model or it's plan or it's a provider, it's a health tech company. The theme that we're kind of all reinforcing and building solutions around is that you should meet patients and plans and providers where they live. Right. And I, and I mean that literally and figuratively. You know, we, we've already talked about telehealth, but people want, want brands to connect with them on their terms and through the channels that they are most comfortable with, whether that's in-app or on a website, through chat, where we're delivering some really new and exciting chat solutions where we employ intelligent bots that learn and adapt as they go, that can pick up and be able to start a conversation for example, with a patient, and maybe they're able to self-serve that patient all the way through just with the bot. But if at any point the conversation veers in a direction that the bot is not equipped for, it seamlessly transfers to a live agent. And we can even do things where if the conversation shifts in such a way or the needs that we need to serve evolve in such a way during the chat, we can even move it to a different channel. Uh, like a voice conversation, because there are some things you just want to talk with someone about. So in-app and on website, chat, email, phone, obviously. Sometimes you just want to hear somebody else's voice. You want to be able to be in the moment. And then video, which, you know, I think about uh, the the recent experience we had with uh, a health plan and one of uh, America's largest retailers, we facilitated through video the proctoring of COVID tests for their entire employee population right. uh, throughout the pandemic. And we did that via video. Who would have thought of doing that before the pandemic right. for yeah. anything? you know? And I think that things like that, that emerge from the pandemic, innovations that we and our clients are driving are only going to be more and more adopted and it comes down to to delivering that omnichannel solution or having that omnichannel capability so you can meet people where they live whether it's one of those channels or some combination or maybe even over the the journey with a patient or a relationship maybe it's all of them being able to seamlessly deliver 
and being able to have that kind of asynchronous model, incredibly powerful. And we're really excited about the uh, the results that that's delivering. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fantastic stuff. Uh, and thanks for sharing those insights, Sean. Some of our audience members today may want to address one or more of the opportunities that we've discussed and some of the trends. Yeah. If somebody has questions and they want to learn more about how Taskus may be able to serve them, certainly we welcome the conversation. Very good. Thank you, Sean. If you enjoyed this content, please follow us on Spotify to catch the next one. And you also can discover more about TaskUs by visiting our website, taskus.com, and engaging us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Until then, this is Scott Peterson. Have a ridiculously good day. Thank you.